In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what His body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, you know, the heart of God is revealed in Deuteronomy 10 and 18. Listen to these words from Scripture. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the alien, giving him food and clothing. Wow, pretty powerful, huh? We have with us today a couple who began their ministry to orphans in Africa, but have recently been called to help newly arriving Afghan refugees settling into the D.C. metro area. The Lord has opened doors, allowing them to connect with the initial waves of the evacuees landing at Dulles International. And this early access gave them unique and has given them unique insights into how to serve the needs of these traumatized and disoriented people. And I can only imagine how traumatized and disoriented they are, by the way. So their first person accounts and experience, they help us to understand the circumstances, what help is needed and help we, how we can help show our new neighbors the hope of flourishing in a new land, in their new home. And of course, we want to talk about that. And here to get us started and to introduce our guests for today is my good friend, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Brother, good to see you, man. And it's good to be seen here again Amen. today as we're on Good News for the City. You know, the tagline, Dennis, I'm not telling you anything you don't know already and our listeners don't already know is this. It is the gospel that makes a way. Amen. And what makes this show unique is it's a conversation with local people getting involved with local issues that our local listeners and sometimes even our not local listeners can get involved in. And today we're going to have another one of those conversations. But Dennis, it strikes me and maybe it's hit you too before, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's hit someone out there who's listening like this before, that oftentimes when we pick up the Bible, we read these extraordinary stories of people doing extraordinary things. Yeah. And the temptation yeah. that we often have is we begin to think that who they are when we read the end of their story was who they are at the beginning of their story. But in reality, the power of the gospel and how it works in us, it takes ordinary people like you and like me, and with the power of the Holy Spirit in them, steps forward and calls them to do extraordinary things that only yes. his power can make happen. Yes, and we're going to talk about some extraordinary things with some ordinary people that God is using in extraordinary ways today as we talk to Don Amen. and Melinda Wooden. So let me tell you a little bit about them. They are the founders of Change a Life Foundation. It's a nonprofit organization that's been serving children and families, but particularly orphans in various locations throughout the continent of Africa. This foundation exists to reach people of all nations for Christ so that they, in turn, as they are reached, can disciple change in the lives of others. Amen. And recently, they have founded two other local ministries, Operation New Life, which is focusing on restoring the lives of men, 
and Afghan New Life, directed at spreading the love of Jesus to newly arrived Afghan refugees in our area. Don is the CEO of Metaldon Group. I think I'm saying that correctly. If I'm not, he'll correct me in just a moment. But Metaldon and Metaldon Management Partners, which are leading development and property management companies in the real estate industry. He previously helped in the growth of national and international Fortune 500 office automation and technology companies. And they and their daughter, they live in Middleburg, Virginia, where Melinda manages a horse farm business. And so thanks to both of you for giving us some time today and coming on the show. But more importantly, thank you giving of your time and reaching out to the world around us, even right here as they come in to the Dulles Airport from Afghanistan. We're glad to have you on the show. Thanks for having us, Brian. We appreciate it very much. Yeah, well, one of the jokes that Dennis has is by the time we're done with the show, we hope that you still appreciate being on the show. Uh, we always like to have fun, especially when we're talking about uh, some serious things, not to lighten the mood, but to understand um, that there are a lot of challenging things that are happening in this world. But before we get to some of the things that are happening here and on this show, we've talked uh, several times already about the Afghan refugee crisis and how local people can get involved in making a difference. I want to back up a little bit. And I think for each and every one of us, when we think about this moment of stepping out in faith and doing what God will ask us to do, there's sort of a catalytic moment. There's a prompt or something like that that has you step out and do that. And so back up for us a little bit in history uh, and tell us what prompted the both of you to begin um, the ministry Change a Life there in Africa. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah, I think that what prompted us to... Um, to get involved was back in 2000, early 2000s. Um, we really felt called to um, get involved with helping orphans and widows in some fashion. And we really didn't know how or, or where, or we just were, were praying into the Lord about that. And um, so, so one day uh, somebody came to me and said, Hey, we were in Frederick Mer or no Fredericksburg, Virginia. And we, we, saw some missionaries that were in uh, Zimbabwe, Africa, and they were telling their story of about this uh, unbelievable drought that was happening in Zimbabwe and a collapse of a nation, both, you know, medical as well as, um, you know, just, just all kinds of issues there, health related, uh, government related and so forth. And right. she said, I hope you don't mind. I gave your card to these uh, beautiful people and told them that you might be interested. And if they were interested in talking, you know, to please reach out. So I said, absolutely. So I didn't think much about that conversation, but yeah, probably about three days later, I had this rough and gruff South African man phone me up on the phone and his name was uh, Henry nail. And he told us this story uh, about, you know, these, these children in Zimbabwe, Africa and, and in the end, he prompted us to just travel over there with him one time and just see what was going on in that nation. And so I just said, Lord, you know, we're, you know, I'm usable, you know, use me. And so we, we did travel over there and, and he showed us what was going on in that nation. And so that's how we got started. God just started revealing to us what was going on in that nation and, and really the continent of Africa. And we really started just pressing in and like most of us, we never really know what's we really never know what fully God has in store for us. But, you know, he gave us, you know, he opened the door to one event and we yeah. took that and we walked through. So that's that's how it all began. 
the power of being able to look back and watching God's providential hand working in reverse when we know it's working moving forward, but sometimes we can't necessarily see it immediately when that beginning, here's a business card or that beginning phone call and what God is going to do uh, through all of these next years. Now, uh, at changeoflife.net, that's one of the websites you can go to. We'll also talk about www.operationnewlife.org, and we'll make sure that all of our listeners get that information because I know they're going to want to go there and click on and try to get involved as well. But you state that one of your goals, your mission is to bring together resources, acting upon and resulting in positive life changes. Now, I think that when people hear that, they're going to have certain things that come up in their mind, like meeting immediate humanitarian needs. Um, But also talk to us a little bit about what that looks like in the short term about meeting humanitarian needs, but also developing long-term uh, sustainable solutions to ongoing problems. I think we've all heard this sort of uh, proverb that, you know, it's not just enough to give a man a fish, but you want to teach him how to fish. You don't say, hey, we're not going to give you a fish until you learn how to fish, but also you don't always give them fish. There's a mixture of that. So how have uh, the two of you, as you've worked in this ministry, tried to tackle those issues? Okay, I will answer that briefly. Uh-huh. Um, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. So we look for resources out there, such as maybe Samaritan's Purse or like the Jesus Film Project that we would partner with as we would go into Zimbabwe. Um, We would find other resources, other organizations that may be doing something so we don't have to reinvent the wheel. And then we would partner with them and bring them in. Yeah, I love that because we can tend to be people who uh, we create our own little camps and we try to do it our particular way. And sometimes we don't realize there are other people that we can link arms with that they bring expertise and insight that we could all grow from and be better together as a whole than we may be as separate parts. But finding, I think, those partners, that can't necessarily be an easy thing to find like-minded people. But that seems to be, is what you just said, something that's a key to your success. How has the Lord then sort of throughout this journey over the last almost 20 years, if my math is correct, connected you with like-minded people and then getting the needed resources to the places they need to go while you're on mission. Yeah. Well, I think that they're absolutely God connections. We, when our travels, we, you know, we often just get introduced to people and and just start conversations. and, And those conversations lead to what God is calling them to do in that uh, continent of Africa or, or nation of Zimbabwe or where we're at, or even here locally. And I think mm-hmm. that what, what happens is, is that they share their hearts with us. And we say, you know, that's a real missing uh, component to what we're trying to accomplish uh, with what we're doing. And so we start, you know, communicating and linking up and, and, and prayerfully considering each of our ministries. And so what, you know, what it looks like in Africa specifically is it, we realized uh, it took a while, but we realized that really a lot of the folks that we were working with, there just, they were misaligned with the word of God. You know, they just didn't have an alignment with the word. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest missing links was just biblical stewardship. You know, they didn't understand, or they didn't really want to understand what stewardship really looked like from a biblical perspective. And so one of our biggest Uh, goals was to um, was really to teach them what does it look like to be good stewards of what God gives us right and so so we ended up having a a group called uh, farming God's way Mm -hmm. which was uh, a wonderful uh, group of of people in Africa that were teaching uh, 
practical farming things like how to, you know, how to, how to farm and how to do things. But more importantly, most of the conference that they would hold was about being good stewards of the seed. And so they talked about the seed and being good stewards. And that was the biggest revelation to us really in our, in our beginnings there. And I love embedded in that language that you keep using is the word steward. And when we understand it biblically, and a lot of our listeners have heard this before on good news for the city, but just in case they haven't, when we use the term steward, it's a reminder that it actually isn't ours in the first place, that we've been <laughs> yes. given it to take care of it. And there's this misnomer lots of times that a percentage of ours belongs to God and a percentage of ours belongs to him. Reality, the whole percentage belongs to him and he entrusts us with something. And how <laughs> do we right. live <laughs> as stewards? How do, how do we then use that? And I love the fact that you've expanded this idea of stewardship. And we could probably talk about this for a long time, but we're not beyond what I think a lot of our listeners might immediately think about as financial resources. But stewardship is something so much broader. We've all been given something, whether or not it's more financially or less financially. We've been given gifts and skills and talents and and other sort of resources that God wants us uh, to use well for his kingdom and his glory. But as I said, that's for another time. Um, You did talk about earlier on a particular challenge that brought you into Zimbabwe, that seven-year drought. Can you sort of tell our listeners who may be and I'm like, wow, I, you talked about this. What sort of happened? How did God use you in that effort? Yeah, I'll be happy to share that with you. So we, when we were in that nation with uh, the nails, we absolutely saw uh, an impoverished nation. They were having, uh, obviously, struggles with everything, humanitarian crisis, um, children, and so forth. And what, what the nails had on their hearts were, uh, was to develop. They went to basically a school system in the nation. And they said, you know, where are all the children and the, and the principals and the teachers said, look, the children aren't attending school because they, they have typically have to walk a very long way to school and they're, and they're just not able to do it because they're having to help their parents or help others to, to really just bring food to the table and they're not eating. And uh, so many of our children have dropped out of school and that's where they're at. And so, Hey, I think God's calling us to, uh, help feed these children. And so they developed uh, an opportunity to bring food into all the schools in a whole province, was, which was feeding uh, five to 7,000 people and children, I should say. And uh, it was one meal per day. And uh, so I got to be the recipient of seeing how that was working and how God was moving there with the children. Yeah. And ultimately, and ultimately, uh, many, many, many children started showing back up for school because they knew they would get one hot meal uh, per day. And they said it was just revolutionized, you know, the attendance and what the children were feeling and doing. So, yeah, that's that's what we were seeing there with that, uh, you know, with that ministry and how we were able to come alongside. Yeah. So let's make the turn to here locally now, if we can. And Uh, the ministry that you have helping local Afghan refugees. There's this interesting turn of phrase in Ruth chapter two, when Ruth uh, leaves Naomi and she happens to find Boaz's field to glean in. If our listeners are familiar with that, the New National Version says it this way, as it turned out, this is where she landed. And then gives all of these, what could seem to be coincidences that uh, happen after that. But as we understand and study that text of scripture, it's really not as it turned out. It's really as God is working it out knowing that God is redemptive in this idea that he's constantly using our past and our present to push us towards something in the future. And so there's experiences and those sort of things that you've had 
from many, many years ago that now God is using in the present, especially with Afghan refugees. And we've talked about in the show, uh, people are familiar with so many of the refugees arriving here in the Washington metro area, certainly at the Dulles Expo Center, where there's a large processing center in Chantilly. Um, we understand you found, uh, both of you, particular grace there that sort of opened some doors that allowed you to connect with families that, that now you're serving. Can you share that story a little bit? Yeah. You want to do that, Melinda? Well, I'll start by saying start. that, okay. um, you know, we had heard on the news about all the Afghani refugees coming and uh, we didn't know or have any, you know, way of helping them. But one morning, um, my husband woke up and as he was getting ready for work, he just felt the Lord say to go over to the Expo Center and see how he can help if there was anything that he can do. And uh, so he went over and uh, and just felt led of the Lord to try to make his way in and uh, to see what happened. And I'll let him tell from this point what happened. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so so Holy Spirit definitely woke woke us up that morning and prompted us, and and uh, so I went down about it was about five a.m. I guess it was, and uh, a lot of the folks hadn't came there yet uh, in terms of employees and people helping, but ended up uh, having to literally walk around the entire expo center talking to many people, and and nobody really knew anything what to do or who to see, and so ultimately I got to the back of the building and saw two. Uh, you know, two Loudoun County, uh, Fairfax County sheriffs. And I said, look, I've talked to eight guys and you're the last ones in the line. So, you know, you guys got to know all the answers here. <laughs> they laughed and they said, really, you guys need to get it. You need to go inside and, and speak to somebody from the state department. They'll have this badge and so forth. So, you know, just with God's goodness and grace, I walked through the front door as if I was meant to be there. And I just started looking for State Department badges and ultimately ended up in the back of the building where they were processing literally thousands of people per day. I think the number was something to the tune of, of uh, three to five thousand people per day they were bringing in. And uh, so it was just absolute chaos. And, uh, you know. God often moves in just really mysterious ways. I'm looking for State Department. I don't find them. I see a bunch of people. There's this one man that walks up to me. He's very well-dressed and, and speaks very good English, but he's clearly Afghanistan. He's Afghani. And uh, he said, can I help you? I, you know, do you, do you, are you looking for something? And I said, yeah. And I told him the story and what. And he said, well, I'm here as an interpreter. Uh, I myself and my family just got here as a refugee just about three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And they've already asked me because I was an interpreter in the UN in Afghanistan. And so they've asked me to help with the Afghanis here that cannot speak good English. And so yeah. he said, yeah. So he said, let me try to help you. So he literally was by my side the entire day as we walked through that place and talked to so many people and he was so inspired and he was so interested that he just literally just stuck by me. And we have, his name is Ahmed and yeah. uh, Ahmed and I have connected and we have been just literally friends, you know, just very close ever since. And we've stayed connected almost daily. And talking. God used that moment and that connection there for the beginning of Afghan new life ministry, right? So moving yes. from change of life ministry in Africa to now Afghan New Life Ministry. I love the, the, the focus on life. John chapter 10, Jesus came to give life and life to the full. 
both in eternity to come and now. And part of our job is to be his instruments, his emissaries, so to speak, this side of eternity. What is the scope then of now Afghan New Life Ministry? What are you hoping to accomplish? And what do you currently accomplish through that ministry? Well, Melinda can uh, probably follow up on something, but I'll just start out by saying that um, it, it was really just to show love and build relationship with the people so they could so they could actually, you know, see God, you know, the way we see God, the God that died on the cross, that, mm-hmm. you know, for us and, and, you know, that he could ultimately, uh, they could receive revelation of who Christ is and who he is, you know, in regard for them and the, for their lives. And so it was my heart from the beginning to, to stay focused on the relationship. And so we have really tried to minimize the, overall scope because mm-hmm. we do believe it is about relationship and, and really meeting these people at where their needs are and coming into their homes. And Melinda and I have had me- several meals now with these families, you know, sitting in a, sitting in a room on a rug with, without any furnishings and without anything, but they want to serve us because, mm-hmm. you know, we're serving them. And so it's yeah. just been a huge blessing, but Melinda, what kind of, what kind of things are we kind of providing, you know, for them? What's the scope of it? Um, well, right now, um, Ahmed has given us some families to help. Um, and we have been able to help them with um, things such as rental payments, you know, that getting them established here uh, in the area, um, shopping and um, things just like furnishings, Um, automobile donations. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've had some people give their um, automobiles and uh, gift cards. That's been a big help. But the main thing really is getting them secured in housing. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think just to follow on that, it's just good. Yeah. Just to follow on that, it's really just meeting them where they're at. Most of these people, the common theme, the common theme amongst the people we've met has been that they're very vulnerable, uh, that they're uh, afraid, and they're and most of most importantly, and, and I guess most sadly, they're just broken-hearted people. They most of these people have um, left a very professional career uh, in Afghanistan. They've had beautiful homes, beautiful families, and literally, they've been ripped out of that literally with the clothes on their backs. And yeah. you know, they've showed us they showed us how they live in Afghanistan and, and it's just to see where they were at and where they are today. And so it's as simple as gosh, let's go to Walmart with them and buy mm-hmm. some suitcases and let them buy three sets of clothes each for their children and for themselves. Yeah. Cause they have nothing. And that's just a starting point, you know? Yeah. And thank you for that. I love what you're saying there. You know, one of the questions that you've already sort of answered that I want to ask you is, some of the ways that listeners can help. Uh, you know, we've had many discussions already on Good News of the City about our opportunities here when God is again bringing the world to us uh, and showing the gospel and how it makes a way in so many different areas of our life. And so I do encourage people, they can go to operationnewlife.org, find out more, but even just think about some of these really, really practical stuff. Um, you know, they, they show up, they have a suitcase, if they're lucky, maybe just the clothes on their back. Uh, and uh, if we had more time today, uh, Melinda, I would love to ask you about how God even used the Department of Motor Vehicles 
to find a way in a connection with someone locally. To me, if you if you doubt that God is still in the miracle working business, if he can find a way to connect you with someone in the Department of Motor Vehicles, that that's a miracle. Trust me, we've all had that experience here in the Washington metro area. Dennis, we find ourselves again at the end of a show. We, we wish we had more time to talk about the impact that uh, God is doing through ordinary people to make an extraordinary impact. Always goes too fast. We're so appreciative. Um, we, we say a lot. It's the fastest 24 minutes that happen in our lives. So thank you both. God bless you. Hey, folks, you got to hear this again. You know, go to goodnewsforthecity.com goodnewsforthecity.com. Listen to this program again. Get in touch with Don and Melinda. Help out. God wants to use you. Go to operationnewlife.org. That's operationnewlife.org. You can always call me at the station 703-807-2266. God bless you, uh, Don and Melinda. Thank you for being with us. Folks, we'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.